It is really about you thinking about the work that you want to create. You know, when I started, I didn't put a lot of my old work in because honestly, I didn't want to create that kind of work. I tried to put portfolio items in that I was interested in so that if a client came, they could go, oh, she can create little games and she can create little experiences. There was authoring tools that I wanted to work in, like Evolve and adapt so I put examples up like that I I put values on my website look in the beginning yeah it's taken me a number of years to be able to say to a client I don't think that is going to be great for your users I've got a client that I'm working with right now that's got a longer video that I keep saying look I'm, I'm just making sure that you're aware that an eight minute video is probably not going to have that much retention on it. I just encourage you to to consider this, this and this. Hi, I'm Manya, the host of Your Greatest Work podcast. This is a show for course creators and thought leaders who are creating a learning experience for their audience. I'm going to help you in this podcast by bringing on guest speakers and having great discussions with people from around the world on how to create really amazing learning experiences that get great results for learners. That's what we're here for, right, folks? Well, enjoy this next episode. Hi, Kath. Thank you so much for being on this episode of Your Greatest Work. I'm honored and thrilled that you've decided to join this podcast because I've been standing on the sidelines for a little while now watching you on LinkedIn. You're showing up there all the time supporting learning designers, not only with your Ask an ID live on YouTube, but also with your new community. And I hope we can kind of touch touch on both of those because they are going to be just incredible resources for um, people who are instructional designers, people who are learning designers, course creators. Um, I just think that there's a lot that we can learn from you because you're extremely creative and I've been really admiring the stuff that you're putting out there, even just little samples. Um, so yeah, I'm fangirling a little bit, but thanks for being here. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me. It's a great honor. Um, oh, wow. Well, the honor, um, is mutual then. And I was hoping that in this episode, we could talk uh, about learning experience design, because I think that's what where I'm really seeing your talent shine through. And I have a feeling that the stuff you think is super easy is actually really impressive to us. So hopefully you can think a little bit about what your process is in, in designing and maybe tell us a little bit about that. So I know that you have um, kind of strict values or qualities that you personally use when you are when you are creating learning experiences. So do you want to elaborate on those a little bit and just tell us what you think makes your work special? Well, um, I'll quickly take it back one step and just say that growing up, I didn't find learning very easy. I struggled a lot. And um it's actually been in my later years that I've done my bachelor's and my master's. I just felt like it didn't come easy to me. And even studying at this later, you know, I got my degree in like 2011. It, it, um, it made me think a lot about the content that I'm creating. 
And I've always tried to put a hat on as a learner and think about what is going to be the best way to deliver this content. So I always kind of put myself in that user's um, shoes. Yeah, you can see that. That that makes you like a more empathetic designer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I really struggle with um, cognitive overload. I can't mm-hmm. um, read a lot of heavy text. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from the fact that I, you know, I just don't have the attention span for it. I really need something that's very engaging and um, that's chunked down well. And uh, also there isn't just information that as something's been thought through, mm-hmm. is there a story that we're trying to tell? Is there, you know, everything comes down to behavioral change. So, sure. you know, a lot of the time it's a policy or it's something that's really dry that I'm working with. And it's how can I bring this to life? And a lot of it is really just thinking about pop culture and the things mm-hmm. that are around me and the things that engage me, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I'd say that is my, that is what I think about a lot. You know, even going down to the point of, is this, is, you know, is this too much information here? How can we just take words out? How can we just simplify every single message? Um, everyone's so time poor. So really just, just thinking about the best way and the most engaging way to get this content across that is going to try and drive behavioral change. And very much the what's in it for me, you know, that they that you're not just talking about policy, 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 that you're actually talking about this is what's going to help you in your role. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. And I think that is something we see too much of in learning is this cramming of information and content. And I think what people forget is that achieves the opposite of what they're intending. The more words and the more content the less likely your critical message is going to come across. And learning has to catch up with even just digital marketing. You know, digital marketing has been doing this. They've been culling back the words and trying to refine the message for years. And, and learning is sort of still trying to cram textbooks into people. So I can see that philosophy coming out in your work that you've been sharing. So it is really important to remind everybody who's creating learning that less is more. Oh, absolutely. You bang on when you say that the digital, the design industry and the marketing industry has been doing this really well. Someone asked me a question recently. um, If you weren't doing this, what you're doing, what would you be doing? What would you choose to do? Mm -hmm. And I said, I think, you know, if I, if I could have made a decision five years ago, instead of doing what I'm doing now, I would have gone to General Assembly and just done a um, user experience design mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And it made a few people go, what? Like, but you've been doing this for a long time. And I said, I just feel like when L&D is very old fashioned, mm-hmm. you know, we get called in by an L&D normally like a subject matter expert from a, from a company, um, you know, oh, we've got to build this course. Uh, we're doing uh, fraud and compliance and uh, we, we, we need a course, right? <laughs> That's it. They, they, they made the decision that we need a course. There's been 
no work done to actually do any interviews to work out what is the problem, what is the cost to the business, anything like that. There's nothing. But I feel like user experience design, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that comes in in a different way. The business design, the business decides we're going to implement something to create business change, uh, encourage uh, behavioral change. Mm-hmm. And they do embrace that. We want that interviewing. We want that uh, analysis. We want uh, prototypes. We want this whole process. But e-learning or uh, learning and development, they don't seem to want that in depth. You know, our analysis is like this big, whereas user experience design, I feel like, and and the comment that I, I, I made was, I feel like if our industry doesn't get wiser, um, we're going to lose it to... Yeah, lose it to the experience design. Yeah, That's right. It's just going to... And, and I'm seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. So I work with big organizations that call me in and say, look, we, we don't want to go to an e-learning company anymore. We And these are huge companies. We don't want to go to an e-learning company anymore. They just create the same thing. So we've mm-hmm. gone to a digital agency to create all the assets, but we'd like you to do the module. Mm-hmm. So we'd like mm-hmm. you to work with these designers to come up with this concept. So, for example, I did a, a module for Asahi, and it was called The Journey of a Bottle. And it was actually about finances, you know, something okay. that's very, very boring. Yeah. But it ultimately was the story about the journey of a bottle, how that bottle is manufactured all the way through the business through to it being sold to the consumer, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, this bottle kind of had it was it was an animated bottle and and things like that. And I worked with a digital agency that did all of the visuals and I did all of the score. Mm-hmm. Um and it really was an experience. I mean, could you imagine how boring that would have been to do? You know, it was actually on um, profit and loss sheets. So, you know, it would have been mind numbing, whereas this was really engaging and, you know, they could see how it actually applied through the whole process of a, a drink being made, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's something that I feel quite passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm trying to put the, you know, do the community, do the videos on YouTube to just be able to answer questions for people, you know? Yeah. What do you think we can do as um, learning designers? You know, what do you think our biggest um, action should be to solve this issue? Do you think it's we need to get better at skilling ourselves up so we know how to speak more like? user experience designers or do you think we need to get better at speaking up with our clients and you know um only recommending the work that we believe in how how do you think we can actually have a more collective impact yes yeah, so it's really hard right because when yeah. you start you know um you can't really knock back jobs in the beginning if a, if a client comes to you you're so excited you, you know oh this is fantastic i've got my first client it is really about you thinking about the work that you want to create. You know, when I started, I didn't put a lot of my old work in because honestly, I didn't want to recreate. I didn't want to create that kind of work. 
I tried to put portfolio items in that I was interested in mm-hmm. um, so that if a client came, they could go, oh, she can create little games and she can create little experiences. There was authoring tools that I wanted to work in, like Evolve and mm-hmm. Adapt. So I put examples of like that. I, I put values on my website. Mm-hmm. Look, it, in the beginning, yeah, it, it's it's taken me a number of years to be able to say to a client, yeah, I don't, I don't think that is going to be great for your users. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've got a client that I'm working with right now that's got a longer video that I keep saying, look, I'm, I'm just making sure that you're aware that an eight minute video is probably not going to have that much retention on it. Mm-hmm. Though I know you want to keep it this way. I just encourage you to, to, to consider this, this, and this. And sometimes the client will always want what they want and, and that's fine. All you can do is try and Mm -hmm. you get better at it. And Mm -hmm. when you meet that client pitching ideas again, because I'm not able to do that analysis, you know, a client comes to me and they, they call me and then they go, we, we, we need a compliance course or we need, um, a first aid course, whatever. Yeah. I've not made that decision. So now my decision really is what's going to be the best way for us to deliver that. They've yeah. already decided. They, they already that decided kind of. they've got the budget or that's what they need because of whatever reason. Yeah. So all I can do is to try and encourage them to think about different ways in which this, this message can be told. You yeah. know, you know, we, we talked a little bit before about, I think that I put a little uh, example up on, on the learning community mm-hmm. or a tool that I had seen online and I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. What was, was the cheap. name of the tool again? Yeah. It was called Interactor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Interactor. Um, we can link to it in the, in the show notes. Yeah. Interactor. And it created interactive videos you know, it, it's it's having ideas in the back of your mind that when you sit with a client, you can say, look, there's there's some different options out there. You know, we don't have to go this route. You know, have you thought about doing an inter- interactive video, like a first person video? Have you thought about doing this, doing that? So so really, it's just being, you know, what I would say to you is if, if I were you, I would be curious and I'd be looking at great examples of work that's out there probably not in our industry probably Mm -hmm. in the design industry right and remember that you don't have to do everything so if it's about you being able to conceptualize good ideas and understand who's out there in the ether that you can reach out to and say hey you know I've got this really exciting client who who needs um a solution and I think like an an AR app you know, um, augmented reality, or I think that now that that's not going to work for everything. But if, if you got the opportunity to, to potentially work with a client on something that you don't have to go, well, all I know is articulate storyline. No, there's people out there that you can work with. Yeah, exactly. Like there's people that you can collaborate with. And I think that is the key, not holding on to that project so dearly, but actually, you know, collaborating and expanding your own capabilities and your own deliverables as a learning designer by getting other people to help out. And I think that is, um, that is brilliant and something that everybody needs to remember 
we all should just hone in on our strengths. Um, and sure, continue to expand your, yeah. your own skill set. I think that's really key too. Let's talk a little bit more about creativity. Mm. So if you were to, um, so yeah, like you get inspiration from, you said the design world, a lot of places, right? Yeah. What's your kind of design process? How do you go about coming up with these, um, you know, creative ideas and actually working it into a dry topic? How do you take that dry topic and kind of think about something fun and cool? Yeah. So again, just talking about uh, pop culture, Hmm. things that are out there and around us. So for example, things like compliance. So this is just something that I've been thinking about recently. Uh, And I've been talking about this for a long time, but you know, Think about most businesses, you know, if I went to, uh, you're, you're in Ontario, aren't you? You're in Toronto. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So let's say um, the government of Ontario, you know, if, if, I, if I went and jumped on their LMS right now, I could pretty much give you a million dollars that their training will be one type of module that looks one way on bullying harassment and another module yep. that will look in a totally different way about um let's say diversity and inclusion diversity and inclusion or uh, yeah. or safety safety whatever who knows yeah i have been thinking quite a lot about how if people really start thinking about the big picture and doing better mapping from the beginning so if you think about for example the office the office is a great example where um i could i could uh you know, you've got the the manager who's a nutter bugger. You know, um, you know he, he's uh, he's got his own personality. There's, there's Dwayne Dwight, whatever. He's, yeah, he's yeah. you know um, a bit of a strange one. And then you know, there's the girl on reception. There's the you know. So all of these people, if you think about their everyday, what what they're doing in the office, and think about okay, how could I map? a similar kind of cohort to all of these modules. So, you know, the girl who's been bullied, for example, or is it is it Dwight that's really the one who's bullied? I don't know. So, you know, you can tie all of these personalities in. So we start thinking about what the bigger picture is of the L&D that we're doing. And when someone goes into any module, they're kind of understanding, oh, I've seen that bullying module. Yeah, I understand his behavior there or understand why he's speaking that way. I think that taking inspiration from things like that and being able to go into a business and saying, well, look, I, have, I, I, I get put into situations where people go, I need, a, I need, an, you know, I need a um, gifts and benefits course, you know. And I'm like, you know, God, you've got all these different types of courses, you know, if this had just been thought about, it'd be so easy for you to just Mm -hmm. build offshoots. So what happens is they build these courses and they're repeating information in in these Mm -hmm. courses over and over again. They all look different. They may be slightly, the message is a little bit different. So I try and think about concepts like that that I can go into a business and yeah sometimes it's great for me because I can lock in more work because I've just come up yeah. with their whole strategy of what they need but being able to go you know we can we can literally use people in your business 
right? So right now, if I look around, you've got someone on reception, you've got someone who quite odd in their little cubicle over there. You've got... Yeah, works at the packing or works at, in the packaging department or delivery or yeah. who knows what. And and just being able to kind of talk to them like that or, you know, the, the fraud and mm-hmm. corruption module that I did, the fallout, you know, and it was information loss that they wanted to focus on. And I was just like, you know, fraud and corruption, it's just really dirty and grungy. And like, you know, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do like a kind of, even though it was fictional, yep. true crime kind of podcast feel behind it. And I'll tell you what, it, it, it's I saw that. That looked so easier cool. for me to create that than to just mm-hmm. be like, oh my God cutting and pasting text. It's like pulling teeth as a designer, right? I mean, you know, it's bad when it takes you 10 times longer to create something because you're just sitting there frustrated that it's so boring. It, it's really energizing to create something creative and fun. And sometimes I'll do things like, um, so for that, uh, the fallout, for example, I did the workshop with them and I went away. So we'd workshopped all the names and you know, mm-hmm. well, not quite the names, but we had workshopped a lot. And I went away and I created the trailer. And that's not what we do in L&D, you know. I, I no. kind of wanted them to visualize, you don't have to use your branding. I can make something look really cool. We can do something different. And they were just like, Boom, you know. So what did you make the trailer in, by the way? So I just used Imbato Elements, which is a, um, mm-hmm. a really cool uh, website, imbatoelements.com. And mm-hmm. um, I have a subscription with them. It's like $29 US dollars a month. And I downloaded um, the trailer, uh, just a mm-hmm. template. And I added, I used some of their video. And I also added... Uh, other video clips that were like free, um, royalty-free videos into mm-hmm. it. Some of them were static imagery. So there was like a, in the background, there was a map. So I downloaded it. I took it away. I think it was a map of the US or something. I took, took it away and I put in a map of Victoria, where I am in Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was able to fine-tune some bits, turn off some layers just in after effects but but you see I'm so much more influenced by design by by um the design world right now than L&D I don't find it inspiring yeah I spend a lot of time really looking at so for example I love this time of the year because there's loads of videos that are out on what are the new styles and trends for this year? You know, we're seeing a lot of yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that this really time cool of year. stuff. If you look at kind of how Facebook and Google uh, are doing some of their marketing campaigns for bullying and harassment, they're using kind of these 3D blended blender kind of characters and things. So I may not be able to do it, but I I want to be able to know who's out there. Um, mm-hmm. who can create really cool stuff. So if I have a client who comes to me, I can say, do you like this style? Could we maybe use something like this, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to to help? When I'm hoping that the community you're creating will um, curate a group of people who are curious, design-focused, really innovative and pushing the button because I also would say that I am hankering for that kind of a Rolodex 
Yeah. <laughs> that's really old fashioned, but that's how I still think of it. Like, I love having, um, you know, like a, a reference of people who I can collaborate with because I think that's my strength is bringing in people and that, together. That's what I've tried to do with this community. So it mm -hmm. is totally free, right? There's mm -hmm. no price behind it. I think that being able to make sure that everyone's a learning designer, like I don't really want people in there trying to go, I can build your courses cheap. You know, it's not about that. No, I want no. learning designers in there. And mm -hmm. for us to really understand what our skill sets are and for us to be able to jump on and go, hey, I'm doing this mock-up. Can I just get some feedback from you guys? and know that it's safe in there you know and mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. not out in the open it is locked down but it's just this private community um so to be able you know because that's one of the things that you miss when you become a freelancer and you do your own thing there's no one for you to kind of go I'm really stuck with this idea could you just help me and at the moment it's new so there's not a lot of people doing that but we're starting to get mm -hmm. conversations going I've been working with um an app called Tandem Chat. Yeah. Are you familiar with Tandem? No. And um, we can maybe talk about it more off the podcast, but it might be interesting for people on here to hear about. It's basically a virtual office. And right. I was having tech issues and I just got access today working with a community um, that I'm part of called Human Mastery. And it's so cool because we can all just sit and work quietly while we're all sort of in the same room and we can have these little side chats and conversations so it's actually a really cool tool for for the community and we should we should talk about how that might be able to be incorporated into um you know side conversations or help or um you know just even encouraging each other and getting to know other people yeah that's for a, sure. totally a, i just got into shiny object syndrome there for a second <laughs> i'm a bit of a squirrel too no <laughs> that's know. the problem with uh creative minds right yeah. you you're always thinking about how you can incorporate things that you've been hearing about uh, there's a really um great design firm in um in Manchester, where I'm originally from. And uh, I can't remember what they're called, but I watched a great little kind of snippet on YouTube about them. And the guy said um, that a lot of their concepts that they create, well, these are designers, right? A lot of the concepts mm -hmm. that they create are actually, it's totally selfish. It's just them messing around with tools mm. and with things that they want to do, right? So when a client comes in with a solution, they're kind of pushing their own agenda, you know, right. um, across. Um, and there'd be people going to, you know, they'd be listening to this podcast going, oh, well, she's ridiculous talking about, you know, um, you know, talking about a podcast and talking about this and, and, and that. It doesn't work for everything, guys, but there will be opportunity mm -hmm. that you can um, – that you can create i mean everything can be created in an engaging way i honestly believe that um it's really and it really doesn't need to take a, a massive budget as well it's really about you being able to conceptualize yeah and there's so many tools now that are that are free as well and so many resources and that's almost becoming um a bit of a ch a bit of a challenge is like there's so many ways to go so 
you can become a little bit overwhelmed oh, absolutely. <laughs> with the amount of stuff and the amount of tools. But do you have any sort of, um, I guess we talked a bit about your design process and I was curious about that. You are truly an artist because it sounds like you're just getting your inspiration ideas from all over the place. Um, and so that's really cool. Are there certain um, go-to tools or resources that you are, that are sort of like your current staples? So there's a plugin that I've got on Chrome that's called um, Muesli, M-U-Z dot L-I. So if you type M-U-Z dot L-I into Chrome and it will basically, I just, just hit enter. It will take you to a Chrome plugin and it will change your homepage to Muesli. And basically it's got uh, Dribble on there. It's got Product Hunt, mm-hmm. uh, Behance. It's got Envision. So it's all focused on design. Um, oh, and it, cool. it curates like the trending topics within all of these platforms. So every day I'll generally jump on and I'll have a look at that. I mean, LinkedIn is fantastic I know you said I'm on LinkedIn I've kind of dropped off LinkedIn at the moment because I'm in the process of moving and it's just Hmm. I don't know if you've moved lately but oh my god no (laughs) so um it's like I want to but I also know that if I move I'll never move again so I'm being so particular (laughs) this house was our final house let me tell you this house was our final house well we're moving again so I'm kind of not on there but I love seeing what's on there I love seeing people's work you know we were talking about courses entrepreneurial courses you know there is a a company the future have you heard of the future I have yeah so I've been um a big fan of Christo from a number of years yep he's pretty awesome you know listening to someone like Chris and how confident he is you know I've just tried to take as much of that as possible so I'm part of his um his pro group his business yep. boot camp there's also a chap called um Ran Segal that is a um he's got a YouTube channel called Flux um mm-hmm. I've got a number of his um courses yeah I try and mix it up I try and do a lot of professional development and and and, and things like that and that just keeps me just learning about new people it just it never ends, you know, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a question in your mind that you use to challenge yourself as you're designing or as you're coming up with a concept? Is there something where you use it as your own kind of criteria to go, okay, are you innovating here or are you thinking about the learner? How do you keep yourself in check when you're designing? We, we talked about this just, just before we, we went live. I really have a problem working on something that I am not proud enough to put in my portfolio. And it's not always about the money, right? Because if, if mm-hmm. something, if there's a topic that is uh, really close to my heart, like suicide, for example, I will work for that client for nothing. If, if anyone watches mm-hmm. this and, and they've got, a, you know, <laughs> Beyond Blue or yeah. anything like that, I w- I, it means so much to me from having someone a, a good friend who, who lost their life I will do mm-hmm. anything um yeah so it is about good causes it is about is this good enough to put in my portfolio so yeah mm-hmm. those are the kind of questions that I 
look at. So no matter what, it's always about giving people a good quality product. Yeah. So it's about that putting yourself in the user's shoes. And I think I heard you saying that it's like, if I had to take this, how would I feel? Yeah, absolutely. And and if I've screwed up, um, which doesn't often happen, I put a lot of layers in my process. So I try and do a learning strategy. I then do a course overview. I then do a storyboard and then I build. And I've got mm-hmm. a very robust project management behind me that I've got in Trello and everything date marked. So I know exactly what I'm doing every day. So for example, I'm working with a client that I haven't done that. And in my mind, it's like, how can I learn better next time that I actually am not this willy nilly. I'm super Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm all right with that because I'm not needing to work every hour that God sends. I'm, I, I can, with this client, it's a little bit, all over the shop but I'm, I'm like okay just let them get their content together that's fine and then it's easy for me to just knock it out mm-hmm. but yeah it's really about quality and the math if I screwed up well they're still going to get a good quality and what have I learned from that to get better and better each time you know you mentioned um before about how do you manage clients who do things like um want more and more content so I had a friend who, to, who I was helping recently. Uh, the company hadn't been specific enough about their requirements for accessibility. Their, their company had requirements, but they hadn't given it to the learning designer. Mm. And I just said, this is about you being really confident. Like I always kind of go, what would Chris Doe do? You know, do you think Chris <laughs> Doe would just go, oh yeah, I'll just redo it. You know, no, Chris Doe would say, that's no problem. So I quoted you for a, um, so if I've quoted a 10 minute course, right. Mm-hmm, I quote mm-hmm. it in a word count average. So I go, it takes about 160 words a minute for someone to read content. Right. Yeah. So I'll go, so it's going to be this many words. So if you want extra in, that's no problem. What do you want to come out? Right. Mm-hmm. They'll go, Oh, and you go, well, I quoted you for a 10 minute course. So if you would like extra, something's got to come out. This is out of scope, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One more, it's out of scope. Uh, so it's really about you having those kind of things in your kind of terms and conditions that they really understand. Mm-hmm. This is the length of the course. This is why I do the course overview because I go, so this is a reflective activity, this is what they're doing. And this is how long I estimate it will take someone to do it. So a reflective yep. activity, remember, won't be this time that they're going to have to think to do it. So, yep. so this is why I time everything. And, and at the end of my course overview is, yeah, 10 minutes. There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Are they happy with that? Okay. We want something else in. Okay. So that's now making it 11 minutes. What's coming out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. really about these things that I've learned. And yeah, so if anything, it's kind of what would Chris Doe do? And it's really yeah, about um, you being smart. So they know that they can't go, oh, like that accessibility thing. They want accessibility, you know, and, and it's kind of like, okay. You know, I said to to my friend, I said, um, I was just doing a bit of coaching with her. And I said, you just go in there and you go, Thanks for letting me know about these accessibility changes. So this is um, out of scope. So what I need you to do is this for me. 
And then this is how, how long it will take for me to implement that. And you just mm-hmm. go in very confident that way. They never told you about it before. They're now telling you after the fact that you built it. So mm-hmm. that's out of scope. So it's really about you being very strong. And if they don't like it, you know, it wasn't in your contract. You never agreed to it. Yeah. And that's right. And I, you know, I don't want to, you know, gender this, but I find women sometimes can be a little bit too accommodating. And it's something that I talked about a bit on another podcast, the women talking about learning podcast, you know, and, and, you know, just women saying like, sometimes they feel like they want to overcompensate or over accommodate, but it's important that we just keep things professional. Doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to go overboard just because you feel bad all of a sudden. (laughs) So it is good to keep in mind sometimes what would pick a persona. And if it helps for it to be a male, that can give you maybe a little bit of a slightly different perspective, (laughs) especially when it comes to money. I don't know what that is. Well, uh, so I was actually just about to say about money. Um, The one thing that I hope that I can help through the community Mm-hmm. And through the YouTube videos, yeah. is talking about money, right? It does my head in that people mm. are charging so like are everyone's charging different for for their for their content, and I'm finding yeah. that our industry are not charging enough. Um, there is a value that we mm-hmm. need to put on that product that. And, and, and that question, we're not actually sitting down and asking the right question in the beginning. So I remember when I used to work at an agency, I would get really frustrated with the business managers because I'd say, why aren't you sitting down with a client and saying, can we just talk about where you're at right now? How much does your training cost? A lot of them will go, I don't know. Okay, so let's mm-hmm. just work this out. So you've got... 100 people that you do training, uh, you induct over the year. How long is that training? Eight hours per person. Okay. So to actually be able to break that down and go, okay, so this is how much it's costing you to have that facilitator out on the road. This is their travel. This is their salary. This is their Mm -hmm. equipment. This is staff who are out of work and you're losing revenue for it because you're having to replace them as well in the workplace, how much are all your printouts and everything costing you? Okay, let's just make something up and say $75,000, right? For you to be able to sit there with them, the client, and mm-hmm. go, so it's currently costing you $75,000. I'm recommending that I can put that training into a module that's going to be $35,000, they soon see, oh shit, that's a massive mm-hmm. saving, right? But we're not doing that. Learning designers don't do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. No, and and that is so crucial. Like if you can demonstrate the value in terms of dollars. So you and I need to talk more about this. Um, you, we need to have like uh, a conversation maybe in the community. And if anybody's interested, you know, we could take it offline, but we'll do another we'll do another video on it it's so important yeah we should do another video because it's very important and I think I don't think I know too many people who feel really confident about the the pricing 
you know, and, and that's not great because other industries, they have a standard and it's important that we don't undercut each other because otherwise you just kind of damage, um, the industry as a whole. So yeah, we should definitely talk about this again. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so much to talk about, but I look, I think if, um, Mm -hmm. it's really good for us to be transparent with one, well, as transparent Mm -hmm. as we can be with one another, and mm-hmm. it's a lonely mm-hmm. world out there as a freelancer, just to try mm-hmm. and support one another as much as we can. And there's enough work oh. to go around. I mean, everybody can have their niche and everybody's got their own yeah. style. Um, so I really value um, community over competition. I think it's important that we um, support and recommend and hire rather than feel possessive yeah. of our skills. So it's been an incredible conversation and I just want to thank you so much. And before we go, I'm noticing you've got instruments on your back wall. So tell me about that. Are you a musician? I'm a musician. I'm a wannabe musician. Um, Okay. I I bought. So what have you got back there? Guitars? Do you have a violin on the wall? What is that one there? No. So I have a little um, ukulele. It's just out of the shot. Oh, it's a ukulele. Yeah. So we went to... um, Myself and my wife, Janine, we went to Honolulu and oh, locked cool. in. And in the hotel was a little ukulele. So that was that was it. I went, I bought a ukulele and I had lessons and I, you know, serenaded her with, with the ukulele. <laughs> um, I'm a massive Pink Floyd fan, so I've got a Fender okay. Stratocaster that's like um, David Gilmore's blacked um, Stratocaster. And then I've just got um, a little orange wood uh, acoustic guitar. Nice. I don't really play. And then I've got a keyboard next to me here. And, you know, I, I see the, I'm a bit of a nerd. So I'm also mm-hmm. spending my money on ridiculous stuff. So, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to make music. You know, I'm going to do some cool stuff. Yeah, hardly ever use it. I'm just so busy all the time. But at least it's there and I will one day do it but yeah trying good for you I actually got my start in um education and in learning design as a music teacher that's great yeah so I'm a violinist and um a lot of what I bring to my learning design is actually from music education and I actually interviewed my former music teacher who's a brilliant teacher and uh, we just talked a lot about adult learning so yeah, I think music is such an awesome vehicle for education. So I've got all my music stuff packed over here on this side of the <laughs> office. But um, yeah, I just had to ask about that because you've got them all out on display very proudly showing them off. So. You see, I'm, I'm not a, um, I know we say that there's not learning styles as such, but I am the kind of person that you could play me a song and I'll sit and I'll play it on the piano. We're very simple, but I'll get the notes right. And I, I only need to hear it once. And it's the same with the way that I rework my e-learning. So it, it's very easy for me to sit and look at something and just work through the process of, of an animation, how that's worked. I think there's some people who can do this and there's some people that really struggle with it. And um, yeah, it's just working with your strengths. And that's always been my way, you know, yeah, working out how to do things like my background was chefing um, as a young, mm-hmm. you know, I came 
you know I worked in kitchens as a kid mm-hmm. my dad was a um a, a chef and that quality that attention to detail it's it's exactly the same it's like music it's it's mm-hmm. I believe there are people who just have that creative instinct and some people that it doesn't come as natu- as naturally and it's just working out okay I don't quite have it I've tried to do it so who can I work with who can complement my work I'm better at yes. the theory who can I work with and there are cracking people out there so it's just about us all networking Oh, there's people that are doing amazing design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about us all just networking and just going, That's right. Funny. We've got this community behind us. Let's just go out there and change things positively and put good stuff out there. So I'm sick of the negativity over bad learning experiences. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. We need to break that stigma. Well, thanks again, Kath. And, um, I hope you have a great day and thanks again for sharing your insights and expertise. And I will encourage people to check out Kath's website as well as her learning community if you want to be inspired and collaborate. So we'll talk again. This isn't the last episode. Yeah, I hope so. Let's catch up again. Okay, cheers. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to pull something really useful out of this episode, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please contact us if you'd like to learn more about anything that we've discussed or if you need help creating your next learning experience. We've got lots of great ways to work together, and I would love to have a conversation to see if it might be the right fit. Also, consider leaving us a review and definitely subscribe so you don't miss out on any interesting topics that could really help you in your journey.